When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Fucking down 10. Brandon Allen, quick block by Wilkinson going deep and he's got Sutton downfield. He beats Rose once again. Put him inside the 32, near the 31 of Minnesota. Completion of 43. Kevin Harlan on the call. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Also streaming live at Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. I am not Matthew Collar. He is tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and white. I am short brown-haired, brown eyes, and, well, not white. Judd Zolgad along with me in the TCL broadcast studios. Jonathan Harrison, other side of the glass. We will have Alex Boone alongside for the 3 o'clock hour. Do we mention Declan is here? Is that something that Matthew Collar does, or do we just pretend he's not here? I don't know if he does or not. I do. You do. On Ventline, I give credit to Manny and Declan. And then I call out the streams. So in case... I don't think Collar does mention Declan, but... You're my the host today. You get to decide. My feeling is if there's a young person who might have found AM for the first time today and thinking, what is this? I don't particularly enjoy this band. What is but this then I say, world? But then I say Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. They oh, I, say, I'm there. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. the streaming outlets. I just don't know that we need to mention who is doing the streaming. I, I mean, like, if when Jonathan's you, producing, when you watch him. When you, let's take, like, Get Up or First Take or whatever studio show you might watch on ESPN. Like, Molly will say, Molly Karam here with Stephen Nay and Max. She doesn't say, and our producer or our director or our camera guy. I like to think of All us as a family. to Declan, but I don't think I should mention him anymore. I like to think of us as a family, and I, I like to think a of... a lot of time talking about this. <laughs> I think of all the people. I mean, why not? But it, anyway, we digress. We digress to the subject du jour of today because I love this one. This was literally the first thing I saw when I woke up this morning. And like a cartoon character, you know, a cartoon character sees something they don't believe and they go wink, 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 and like yep, rub, rub their, their eyes. eyes. Yeah, it goes. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what I the Flintstone bowling sound. Exactly. When Twinkle Toes is gonna bowl, you could hear your head shake. Like what? That's what happened to me this morning when I saw this news. I'm with you. That do you want to unveil this news or do you want me to unveil this news for those who haven't heard? it I unveiled this news on Ventline. And so I want you to do it now because I'd like to hear how you craft this. Five Vikings have been added to the Pro Bowl roster. Kirk Cousins is the first one listed. I did the same thing, and I said, yeah, you know what, what, season? When they first came out with the Pro Bowlers, I said, if he didn't deserve to be in, he is definitely an alternate. 
Yep. But you could have made you could have even made an argument Kirk Cousins deserved to be in. So, I am okay. not I on a scale of one to spitting out my coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm not spitting out my coffee. I'm not even close. That's actually okay. a really good scale for this. Yeah, I did warn people. When, when I announced this this morning, I said, if you're driving, pull over. Is it full If you're drinking out? coffee, I, I'm giving you four seconds to swallow and don't take another sip. And get the coffee down. Don't give me that look. Swallow your coffee. It's not dirty. That's a drop. No, there's no innuendo there. That's a drop. And I no said, in this matter. and I said, everybody, just calm down. I'm going to give you four seconds, and then I read this news. Swallow your coffee, you dirty-minded child. You, you're not helping matters right now. I'm just trying to separate what's the adult world and what's not. It's too late, man. It's too late. <laughs> Everything's okay. recorded now. Got okay. Second Pro Bowler, uh, Viking, added today by the NFL. Everson Griffin. Defensive Again, end. Deserves it. I'm good with it. Had a really good bounce back season. Probably one of the uh, 10 or 15 best defensive linemen in the league this year. He deserves it. C.J. Ham at, at fullback. Yep. I thought he should have gotten in on the first time around, so obviously I have no problem with C.J. Ham getting in as an alternate. Eric Kendricks, nobody would argue with Terrible Eric Kendricks. Terrible snub. Yeah, that was a ridiculous snub that he didn't get in in, in the first fact, place. How do you how do you make it, and he's not the first to do this, but it hurts my brain every time this happens, which isn't hard to hurt my brain, but it hurts my brain every time this happens that a guy can be all pro, but not a pro bowler. It's ridiculous. That makes no sense. It's ridiculous. And in, makes me say you have to change the pro bowl voting. In fact... I'll go through this quickly for the four players whose names who are, as we talked about, Pro Bowl replacements for Sunday's game, PFF rankings, okay? Kirk Cousins, PFF ranking, 84.3, fifth among quarterbacks, all right? Griffin, 77.6, 26th among defensive ends, all right? That's good. Mm-hmm. CJ Ham, 62, that's fifth among linebackers, or I'm sorry, among fullbacks. And then linebacker Eric Kendricks, 90.5, that was first. So, so far, the lowest we've gotten, Everson Griffin at 26th. Mm-hmm. Certainly not embarrassing. You just stole my thunder a little bit because I had that same list up. Oh, I'm sorry. And the final Pro Bowler of the five that was added for your Minnesota Vikings today, Xavier Rhodes. Hello. <laughs> now you know Declan is here. <laughs> Xavier Rhodes made the Pro Bowl as an alternate. For your Minnesota Vikings. Now, you heard Judd give out the rankings there by PFF. I didn't give out this one. Overall grades and ranks for these Pro Bowl replacements. I'll give them to you again in case you need a refresher. Cousins was fifth at the quarterback position. Griffin, 26th. Ham, fifth. Kendricks, first. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes at the quarterback position, according to PFF overall grades, is 125th. Can you repeat that? 125th in the NFL. Oh, boy. And he will be one of the Pro Bowlers this Sunday in Miami. Are they playing it in Miami? I don't care. That's how little I care about the Pro Bowl. Fourth consecutive year, Orlando, I guess. I just looked it up. I know the NFL really wants to emphasize offense, but now we're doing it in the Pro Bowl, too, just getting bad defensive players in to emphasize offensive more? Is that what this is? You might be onto something. Must be. That's the only thing that makes sense. So he's replacing Richard Sherman. How many guys did they must have called and said, no thanks, I'm not going? Or do you think that's what happened here? 
Like five or six guys were called and said, hey, I you think... can have Richard Sherman's spot. And yes. they're like, ah, no thanks. I already, I've already... I already had plans. Me and the family are going to be in Cabo. Yeah, I'm That's the on only thing I can figure is that that's what happened, is that they called guys and they all said no until they got to Rhodes. And he's like, sure, I'll go, free trip. That's the only thing I can figure. But can we now make it official? Can we call, can we call her off? Can this now be it? <laughs> I've been saying this for years. I have too, but now can we... I but this is the worst thing I've ever I seen. I don't know why the Pro Bowl is a thing. I really don't. I, I, I don't... And I, I'm i not one who's against All-Star Games. I love the baseball All-Star Games. That game. doesn't count, because I agree. The baseball All-Star Game is the only All-Star Game that should be played, though. I don't even mind the NBA All-Star Game. I get rid of it. It's a skills competition. Hockey, it's get ju- rid of it's it. ju- it, The NBA All-Star Game, there's no defense played. It's not real basketball. Get rid of it. But those are the best athletes in the world running up and down the court and doing things that you don't see humans do. That's entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. The Pro Bowl is watered-down football that I hesitate to even call football. And no disrespect to, to Xavier Rose. I'm about to give the same spiel that you gave on Morning Judd today. Which, by the way, the last two Morning Judds, very dark. What is going on with the lighting? Is this an intentional thing? It's mood. Okay. <laughs> setting the mood? It, it's my mood. It, it's my new mood camera. It's really I just dark. Got it. It's been really dark. Yeah, it's mood. No disrespect to Xavier Rhodes. It's like a steakhouse. Seems like a good dude, yep. as far as I know. Yep. Fine, upstanding citizen. Yep. Has had a great NFL career. Yeah, you're not, yes. He was one of the best cornerbacks in this league for a handful of years. Not many people walking this planet can say that. Kudos to you, Xavier Rhodes, for everything you have accomplished in your fine NFL career. Mm-hmm. If there was ever a year that Xavier Rhodes should not be in the Pro Bowl, this is the year that Xavier Rhodes should not be in the Pro Bowl. And I didn't look at the other alternates who got in today, Judd, yep. but I'd imagine he's not the only Xavier Rhodes, so to speak, who got the call today to go to what I just found out was Orlando to play watered-down football he this has Sunday. To, this has to be the worst one, though. This has to be the most atrocious. He's 125th. Can you, can you pull up some of the other alternates that were named today? This is going to be the worst one. This, you think is, so? this is one of the worst all-star recognitions of all time in any sport. This is off the charts. We watched him play. The poor man can barely operate at cornerback. And he's going to a all-star game? But here's the thing, John. Every year, now this is the first year I've had the opportunity to do it on these particular airwaves and outlets. And by the way, we're on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app which is totally, totally free. This is my first chance to voice this on this particular outlet of Score North. But I've been saying since I got in this game that the Pro Bowl is pointless and should not be played. And then Monday morning, early Monday afternoon, I get some kind of ratings report. And it turns out a lot of people are watching the freaking Pro Bowl. For whatever reason, a lot of you out there are watching the Pro Bowl. Because they know that they can put anything on television and it will draw eyeballs. Unfortunately, in this case, somebody have some good taste to call it off. If I was commissioner of the sports <laughs> world, Xavier Rhodes comes across your desk. Yes, I'm just like that. I line, I line delete like, you know the Pro Bowl. We don't need to play this. I line, I line delete the entire event. If I was commissioner of sports and the sports world, I would end the NHL, NBA, All Star Games, and the Pro Bowl immediately. I'd still play the baseball game. I sort of like the baseball game. It sort of reminds me of a simpler time when the All-Star Game Baseball meant something. <laughs> a simpler time when young Judd watched Dave Parker throw out Brian I don't know that Brian you've ever Downing. said anything more old man than it reminds me of a simpler time. At the Kingdom in 1979 with Roy Smalley starting at shortstop for the American League for our Minnesota Twins. 
But if I was commissioner of sports for a day, I would cancel those three all-star games post-haste. <laughs> post-haste. That would be it. They're done. So anyway, but yes, Xavier Rhodes is an all-star. Like, that's the way I, I've elected to try and frame this. Because the Pro Bowl, yeah, people are like, Pro Bowl, who cares? He's an all-star. Here's the. This is ultimately the question that I came to, Judd, though. This is ultimately the question that I came to. Because sure. when people, like, throw hate my way via social media or however it might be, it, it's always baffling to me that, like, you care so much about how bad you think I am at my job that, A, you felt the need to keep listening, then, B, go out of your way to comment to me on social media about how bad you think I am at my job and how bad my show is. And I'm always like, dude, why didn't you just, like, turn the dial or press stop on the podcast that you were listening to? Like, what? why are you so upset at your perceived... Uh, or my perceived lack of talent in your eyes that you went through all that trouble today. And today we are those people. Today we are those guys. I sat, I sat there this morning yep. and went through this whole dialogue with myself, inner dialogue about why Xavier Rhodes is in the Pro Bowl and asking myself that question. Same conversation in a lot of ways that I just had with you, only it was me, myself, and I having this conversation. And then ultimately... A voice butted into this conversation and was like, dude, why do you care? Like, what does it matter to you that Xavier Rhodes is in the Pro Bowl? Good for Xavier Rhodes. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we are, make no mistake. And if you want to watch the Pro Bowl. Don't uh, do it. Don't do no, it. Don't subject. No. I don't care. Here's the thing is, we are. It's entertainment. Whatever you're entertained in, by. In our job enjoy. and Vikings fans as well. Fans as well as media. We are the gatekeepers of good taste. <laughs> What you said is erroneous because you're right. If somebody hates Rami Maklov, they can turn the dial. They can find a different podcast. They can go somewhere else. But if you are a Vikings fan or you are paid to watch the Vikings, we need to watch the Vikings. Like we can't, we can't say you don't have to watch the Pro Bowl though. I understand. No, 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 you. no, no. I understand but you. I'm, but but I, no, no. But the good taste is stopping this from happening. The good taste is stopping him from go from being in the Pro Bowl. This is the affront. The affront is not the game. It's the selection. It's the all-star selection. That, is that, the co- that only matters. I've said this before. The only thing that matters about the Pro Bowl is when they announce the Pro Bowl roster. And really, that should only matter well, anyway. to the guys who made it or did not make anyway, it. Anyway, this is an affront to all athletics everywhere. I ultimately came around to the conclusion that I don't care, and I don't know why I did, and I don't know why you do. God bless you, Xavier Rhodes. Go enjoy Orlando if you choose to accept this invitation. Even more compelling case to cancel the game. That's all I keep saying. <laughs> Why do you care? Jonathan, do you care? Ultimately, I don't care. Because All-Star games are a waste. I got myself all worked up about it. Then I came to the conclusion that I shouldn't care, and now I Outside don't. Outside of baseball, all, All-Star games are a waste of all our time. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. And should All-Star be canceled. games are just a waste. Just cancel like, them. Give me the skills competitions. I want to see these guys do, you know guys do cool things. Send them home. But it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time. It's not a waste of Xavier Rhodes' time if he chooses to go. It's not a waste of somebody's if some if somebody decides what they want to do with their entertainment hours. Can you read me that PFF grade again and tell me how in any way, shape, or form you can justify this guy being an officer? No, it's not justifying. It's just I don't care enough to justify or criticize it. I did it I did at first, and then I realized I'm being stupid. If they're not gonna play the actual game that they played during the regular season, then I don't care. 
if they're not going to actually play defense, if they're not actually going to rush the quarterback, sure. if they're not going to actually fully tackle, then I don't care. Okay, like, so when no, they play ba- when they play the baseball All Star game, they actually play baseball. But in yeah. take in taking True. issue with it, which I I participated in for the first thirteen minutes of this, just to set Same. you guys up for the old switcheroo. If you don't care, then just don't care. You by by taking issue with it, you're caring. It's the same thing I tell trolls on Twitter who don't like me and what I do. By taking issue, they, taking issue with what I do, you're caring. You're show, you're taking time and effort out of your day and and using up okay. my my Here's power and energy on Twitter though to care. I can ignore I can ignore things and not care because my choices are so multiple. In this case, it's my job to care because nobody who's had as bad of season as he has should ever be rewarded in any way, shape, or form. So this is actually something I <laughs> this care is just pa- about what's right and wrong. This is something that I care this passionately goes beyond about. Football. This is this is something I care passionately about because here's the problem: as a sports fan, this is his third selection. The first two were were well earned. Sure. This one makes the entire process a complete joke. The whole process has been a joke. This has been a joke. It's a joke of a football game. Right, the but that's why it's process my process is a but joke. That, but that's what I'm saying. It's my job to care deeply <laughs> as to obliterate the game. <laughs> that's your, my job. It's your job to care deeply to obliterate about this event. something that doesn't matter to you whatsoever. I <laughs> want it, but I but I want it taken out of the public spotlight. You see, like on Twitter with trolls or people that don't like me or I don't like them, we can go our merry way and have tons of choices. But Xavier Rhodes plays in the highest professional football league in the world. Therefore, I don't have choices but to say, how is this happening and how can we solve it? I'm looking for a better sports world. And that's where I'm getting to. So getting rid of the Pro Bowl makes it, it a better, better sports, sports world. world exactly you. right. I, I don't see it that way. It's just, one, you, it's just one more choice for people to, to, to have in the sports you world, see? in the entertainment world. You see? I have a higher sports calling than you. I guess. I guess so. I have a higher. You're here to fix everything. It's like Jonathan for has a higher soccer calling. Yeah. I don't. They're actually, but I'm okay with that. There actually might be something to watch for in the Pro Bowl this year, though. What's that? They are going to be testing out a new alternative to the onside kick. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, they're going to test that out in the Pro Bowl this week. Okay, and for the this surfaced a little bit last year during the owners' meetings and, and got shot down. Uh, but they just revealed today that as in past years, there will be no kickoffs at all in the Pro Bowl because, as we know, they're trying to eliminate kickoffs uh, from the game altogether in the NFL because it leads to so many head injuries. Mm-hmm. But there's a twist this year. The first is, and you'll have choices as to what you can do after a score in terms of how you'll uh, kick off or, or whatever the case might be. The first is to give the ball back to the opposition, which would start its drive at the 25-yard line. So if you just scored and the other team is getting the ball, you could say, all right, take the ball, you get it at your own 25. Touchback. Exactly. Okay. The new option, uh, new second option for the scoring team would serve as a substitute for an onside kick. It would allow it to run one additional play from its own 25-yard line. If the scoring team gains 15 or more yards, it would retain possession. If it falls short, the opposition would take over the dead, at the dead ball spot. Essentially, it will be a 4th and 15 play from your own 25-yard line. If you get it, you keep the ball. If you don't, they get the ball at the spot of where the play was called dead. Interesting. I like the experiment. I like it too. I mean, I, I I need to see it actually played out to know for sure. But I I like the idea that they're trying to do things because the the onside kick now is non-existent. 
Right. So I like the fact that they're toying with. I mean, with the things. rule changes, they've made it Im- almost impossible to to to, Correct. to go and recover an outside kick. Correct. So I, I'd like to see this actually used and played out to see if I like how it looks. But I applaud the fact that they're trying to come up with different ideas. I think they need something. It makes the game more exciting, right? Absolutely. So I can't criticize that. Um, that and- seems too easy, though. That you have to, you only have to get 15 yards to get the ball back. Is easy? I need to see what the success I, I, rate is. I would is need to see it. Yeah, on a play where you need 15 yards, I can't imagine there's a huge sample size for that. Off the top of my head, it doesn't sound easy, but perhaps we see it, and it is. So, but I, I, I really like the fact that they're going to come up with something because the onside kick and kickoff now is such a non-factor, and it's become, for the most part, just boring. Now, I, I did see that there were teams. It looked like throughout the course of this year that used that purposely kicked off short to force returns at times, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't mind. But if they're going to come up with something that, that's an alternative, especially to the fact that the onside kick is so hard to do now, where it's darn near impossible, I'm all for it. Also, this year, Pro Bowl officials will be instructed to use a different standard for false start penalties on receivers who are flexed from the line of scrimmage. It will not be a false start. If a receiver flinches or lifts one foot off the ground, provided he resets for one second and or keeps one foot on the ground. I hate to say this, but read that again. Pro Bowl officials will be instructed to use a different standard for false start penalties on receivers who are flexed from the line to scrimmage. It will not be a false start if a receiver flinches or lifts one foot off the ground, provided he resets for one second and or keeps one foot on the ground. I love when they have officials look for more, don't you? I don't know why you would in- inject what? this into it. Doesn't I don't? They're trying to take out the ticky tacky. Asked for this? I can't remember anybody, any NFL fan. I think you're right. They're trying. About they're trying to take out the ticky tacky false starts that receivers sometimes get called for because they're resetting their feet at the line of scrimmage or whatever the case might be as the ball's being snapped. Can I ask both of you a question? And I get what they're trying to do, and I almost appreciate what they're trying, you know, that, that they sat down in some type of boardroom and, and I'm sure looked at, at various false start replays. But for both of you guys, how is the human eye going to catch this one now? Like with all the stuff that they're trying to look for, how are you going to catch this? Are you saying they just made referees' jobs even harder, Judd? The NFL the, wouldn't do that. They would never do that. All Come they on. Do, yeah, no, I know. I just did. <laughs> These guys, it's hard enough. When I first started reading that like rule. Like a foot in the air? Yeah. When I first started reading that rule, I thought I thought they were going for like the Canadian Football League thing. Where yeah. guys could like just run up to could the get line. a running start That'd and as long great. as they didn't cross the line the line of scrimmage before the ball was snapped, they weren't offsides. Multiple guys in motion. I actually want I mean, to see that. It'd be fun. <laughs> I actually would like to see that in the NFL. Multiple guys. But can you imagine Can you imagine Tyreek Hill? With a running start to the no line chance. of scrimmage, like just forget it. Just put somebody forty yards deep. Yeah, <laughs> say don't let him get behind you. You can't give guys like Tariq Hill a running start to the line of scrimmage. You can do that in the XFL because they don't have Tariq Hill. If you're if you have Tariq Hill's talents and skills, you're in the NFL. So the the XFL can have that rule. The CFL can have that rule. You can't have that in the NFL. As much as I'd like to see it, it sounds like you guys are intrigued by the idea as well. You cannot have guys getting a running start to the line of scrimmage in the NFL. It's already too hard to cover these guys. It's impossible. Yeah. I just love the fact, though. So, let me get this straight. If 30 seconds before the snap, my foot is up, 
I'm okay. Yes. But if you have it's to reset, sli- though, ah, you have to get reset. Anyway, okay. I like I like the first one. I like the onside kick idea. All right, we got to get to a break. On the other side, and we'll take your call six five one six four six eight two five five here on Purple Daily. If uh, if you are somebody who watches the Pro Bowl, why? And again, I'm totally fine with it. I came around to being totally fine with it. I'm not. I'm not with Judd on this. I'll help you out. But just want to know why. 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at SKOR North. On the other side of this quick break, it's Hot Routes with a Z on Purple Daily. Me and Judd yeah, will answer. Yeah, texting me. Are we doing Hot Routes today yeah, with an I'm S? So, and I'm like, no, was, no, 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 no. That was autocorrect. We don't do Hot Routes with an S around here. My, my phone does not know that Hot Routes ends with a Z, Jonathan. That, well, was, that was an autocorrect error. You have to make it learn. And my apologies. It will learn. I will force it to learn right after this. It's Purple Daily on 1500scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app. Hey, Score North listeners. It's Phil Mackey here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to give business owners that peace of mind that you need when you've built a company with your blood, your sweat, your tears, maybe not your blood, but whatever. Like you built a company and you want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover if needed, recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Federated has a century of experience in helping business owners. You can find out more about the industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Purple Daily and Hot Routes here in just a second. But Judd and Rami, I wanted to ask you guys a question here quickly. Judd, Rami, pay attention here. Question for you. Did you guys see what the NFL is doing for the draft this year? We were just talking about this, okay, literally. Well, for the listeners who are just getting in their car and haven't seen the news, the 2020 NFL draft takes place in Las Vegas, and the stage will be on the water of the fountains at the Bellagio. Not around it, but in on, the water. Yeah. In the water. Yes. And the draft picks will be transported to the stage via boat. This is going to go wrong some way, isn't it? We can only hope. Could Goodell fall in? <laughs> oh, goodness. It'd be the first time he gets cheered at the draft, but wouldn't it? The thing I don't understand, and I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the tweet right now that, that announced this from Arash Markazi. Yeah, same. And he has, there. there is a, a, a drawing, an artist rendering of what this stage is going to look like. There is a bridge to the stage. Why not just take that? Why not just take the bridge <laughs> to the stage? This is going to cause a lot of problems. This is not going to go smoothly. I, I guarantee didn't it. I realize the waters are that deep that you could fit a full-size pontoon on there. It looks huge. So I've what never if you been go to in, Vegas. Like, and what if you can't swim and you accidentally fall in because you've had a few too many beverages? Well, not I to guess mention the team these has guys to draft a new player. Not to mention these no. guys are wearing like eight million dollars suits to the draft. Yeah, and now they're going to they, they have to run the risk of falling in the water. And someone who can swim will jump in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's happening. That's definitely happening. You know what? This is too much. Just it's a go, bad idea. Go back to the go back to the garden or felt forum also, in New York and just have your draft. There, boats okay? don't travel that fast. So they gotta have multiple boats. They're right? gonna announce the well, pick. I mean, it takes forever because they picks. you know how the NFL wants to protect the suspense of the NFL draft. They don't want anybody leaking out who's getting picked before it's announced by Roger Goodell at the podium. So they're gonna announce this. The, whoever this dude is is gonna get on a boat. Then the boat is going to have to get moving and take them to the stage. Roger Goodell is going to be standing there awkwardly the whole time. Can we get a speedboat? <laughs> but again, this poses problems. This poses safety issues. John, if you're doing a speedboat. The NFL is clearly not concerned about safety issues. Just use Robbie. the bridge. When have they ever been? Yeah, exactly. Oh, we're worried about concussions. Yeah, sure. Just take it to the bridge. <laughs> is what you should do. 
That's been your score. Is that the end of the score north download? That's the end of the score north download. Well, now go back to Purple Daily. You told us to pay attention. (laughs) I brought this upon myself. That was an accident. So we're officially back in call. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke. It's Hot Rocks on Purple Daily. 3.87! Everybody loves hot routes. I know I love hot routes. That's why I want to do hot routes every time I fill in for collar here on Purple Daily. And by the way, I'll be back on Thursday with Alex Boone, who's going to join me for the 3 o'clock hour of this fine program today. But I asked Jonathan, because I'm here, to put together some hot routes for Judd and I so we can ponder the great questions of the NFL. Jonathan. What's your first question in Hot Routes? So we spent the first segment of the show talking about Xavier Rhodes somehow becoming a Pro Bowler this year. So give me another player who got to the Pro Bowl either this year or in the past couple years who who you didn't think deserved it. I'll give you one that comes to mind, and this is not an affront to this young man at the time, but I want to say he was something like the eighth alternate choice, (laughs) and he made it. Teddy Bridgewater as a Viking made it one year. Oh. And he was, I'm serious. They got, it's, I'm sure it's the same thing with Rhodes. They literally started making phone calls. I mean, yeah. th- because you can't make a person go. You can't be like, you were the third alternate. You got to yeah. go. And I want to say the story, Rami and Jonathan, was they got to like the eighth guy, and that was Teddy. And of course, he went because he's a young guy. It's a free trip. That might have been Hawaii. Why not go? Right. But like, that's how ridiculous this gets. They are because there are so many guys who are like, well, I've gone or I don't care or it's not a football game. So that that was the funniest one that I recall as far as getting so far down basically the call list until somebody said yes. I understand guys getting in on legacy, name value, name recognition, brand happens all the time. But even in that case, there has to be some sort of bar for these guys to clear some level of performance that we have to hold them to. And Aaron Rodgers just does not deserve to be a Pro Bowler this year. He simply doesn't. I, when when they announced it, I went down the list of, of guys who are ahead of him in total QBR. And I know yesterday we, we laughed a guy off the, off the air when we were doing uh, Packers Vent Line who said <laughs> trade Aaron Rodgers and sign Jameis Winston essentially was his solution to fix the Packers. And we laughed him off the air, and that is something that we should laugh people off the air for. But at the same time, Jameis Winston did have a higher total QBR, at least when the Pro Bowls were announced, than Aaron Rodgers did at that point in time. Not to say that Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, but that just tells you the type of season Aaron Rodgers is having when he has a lower total QBR than a guy who throws as many interceptions as he does touchdowns. It doesn't make any sense that Aaron Rodgers is a Pro Bowler this year. And I have the utmost respect for the dude's game. I've said, as I've heard Mackey say, he was the be- he's the best I've ever seen at the quarterback position. Not the GOAT in the sense that he hasn't put together the resume of the Montanas or Brady's or whoever it is that put together over a decade of Hall of Fame numbers. But Aaron Rodgers, is the, he's played, he played the quarterback position at the highest level I've ever seen it played. But this year, he simply does not deserve to be there. Mine is another Viking going along with Judd's goes back a little bit here he might have deserved it the first year he the year he got it but then the rest of his career everybody's like oh he's a pro bowler he's a pro bowler but then you go back and think of how he got in and he was an alternate it was matt khalil 
Matt Khalil got in his rookie year, mm-hmm. probably deserved it, but mm-hmm. then he was given the Pro Bowl tag for Pro Bowler tag the rest of his career. But he was an alternate. It wasn't like he was a first selection. And now he's a pizza guy. Yeah, now he's a pizza guy. If he's that, I don't even know if he's that. <laughs> Not sure. But I don't think he deserved to be to be given the Pro Bowler tag for the rest of his career. No shame in being a pizza guy, by the way. No. Not at all. I was one at one point. Well, next question, Jonathan. <laughs> Unless you're Matt Khalil. <laughs> With this year's Super Bowl featuring two teams that have won it before, we won't get a first-time winner. Which of the teams yet to win one in the NFL will win it first? Here's the list of teams that haven't won a Super Bowl yet. The Bengals, the Bills, Browns, Cardinals, Chargers, Falcons, Jaguars, Lions, Panthers, Texans, Titans, and Vikings. I read this when you sent it, but I misread it. You asked which one of the teams yet to win one will win it first. I I thought the question was, who would you like to see win it first? Oh, no, no, no. It's which one of these teams will win it first? I mean, you could answer it that way if you want no, to. No, it's fine. You it's could have fine. Two different answers That here. just makes it a lot harder because I, I don't... None of these teams on this list appear close to me, Judd. I don't know about you. None of these teams appear that close to me. I know what the Titans did this year. Just got eliminated from the AFC Championship, and that's a good run and all, but... That's not sustainable. Der- either Derrick Henry is going to leave because he's a free agent this year, or he's going to break down because he's a running back in the NFL, and he has a very physical style of running. And yes, he's a centaur, but eventually he will become a human again and start to break down. I, I don't... I, you just called Derrick Henry a centaur? Yeah, he's half man, half horse. Um, maybe the... Te- I'm going to go with Texans, just on quarterback, just on Desha- Deshaun Watson is the best, most prolific quarterback of any of the guys who are who are heading up the other teams on this list. So I'm going to say the Texans with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, if they fire Bill O'Brien, you might be right. Um, I won't say Vikings because it, it'll be a jinx. Because I do think the Vikings of this list, because there's a lot of teams on this list that are a long ways away, the Vikings are a viable option, but I won't pick them because I, I feel that that would be an over-the-top uh, jinxing of the Vikings. You know what? I'm going to go on Rami's path, and instead of saying the Texans, I'm going to say the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, the defense is suspect, but you can improve your defense. But if Kyler Murray is as good as we think he might be, you know, Kingsbury, I- I'd like to see more of as a coach, but he, you know, he's a good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Arizona Cardinals. Who would you like to see win it first, Judley? Well, the Vikings, just because I'd love to see this town. Well, other, let's leave, let's let's leave, leave the, the Vikings, Vikings out. out. Yeah. Ooh, you know, it'd be great fun if the Lions won it first. It would be great fun to see the Lions. See, what, what would happen if the like could could we like fold up life at that point and, and go home? I think the four would horsemen. That be it? I think the four horsemen appear on the horizon if the Lions. <laughs> you if know, the Lions win the know, Super Bowl because Cleveland's <laughs> side of the apocalypse. Cleveland's not a viable pick because their their franchise moved to Baltimore, yeah. and so this Browns. Franchise, I believe, was an yeah, expansion team in ninety eight or ninety nine. Same fan base, I know. But the Lions really—that's this is really the Lions. This is from, back from a team that last won an NFL championship in what nineteen fifty seven with Bobby Lane. Yeah. I thought about the Lions and I thought about the Browns because of how long those fan bases have suffered. And you know, but I can't for whatever reason Detroit and Cleveland. I take joy in their pain. I take joy in their <laughs> agony. It's 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 entertaining to me. It really is. I don't, I don't know what it is about those two cities and their Why? fan Why bases in like particular. That? The thirty for thirty about Cleveland just being a dumpster fire of a sports city before, and and then yeah. they they put an addendum on it after LeBron brought the title home after coming back to the Cavs. But before it had the happy ending, I, that thing was so fun to watch. 
Thank you, Jonathan. That thing was so fun to watch. 239. Before LeBron brought home the title. I, I don't know what it is about Cleveland and Detroit. I take great joy in their agony. It's the Bills. It's the Bills. Yes. That fan base, could you imagine that fan base parting that would all be week of Super Bowl amazing. Week? Yes. That would be terrific to see Bills would Mafia out could there you tailgating. That you know what that, you know what would happen if the Bills made it to the Super Bowl? There would be a shortage of folding tables in America. <laughs> every every year leading up to the Super yes. Bowl, there's like a shortage of chicken wings, there's a shortage of avocados. There's always some kind of shortage. That would be the year that there would be a shortage of folding tables because Bills fans are just putting each other's Behind through these tables, it Did would be amazing to watch. Yes, oh, that would just be debauchery. Who would survive it? That parade would be amazing if the Bills ever won. Who would survive it, Judd? I'm going to ask you the same thing about that as Xavier Rhodes and you getting upset about the Pro Bowl. Who cares? It's going to be fun. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. All right. I got nothing for that. All yeah, right. I kind of agree with Judd here. I think the Cardinals. Besides the Vikings, I think the Cardinals are on the on the right path. The Texans maybe, but they got to get a better head coach there. I don't believe in Bill O'Brien there. But the Cardinals, I like what they're doing on offense. Kyler Murray seems like a guy who can rally guys and get them to win. I mean, he won five games with that team, and you thought going into this season, even with Kyler Murray, like that team's maybe two, three wins, and they yeah. got five. So, I mean, the division's the only thing standing in their way, and they've got a really good division. Uh, next question. Andy Reid said yesterday, and we played this clip a couple times, he said yesterday that he celebrated clinching a trip to the Super Bowl by eating a cheeseburger and then going to bed. Glorious. Great. Glorious. So my question to you guys is, what's your victory meal? Let's see. I got two weeks off before the Super Bowl. I, I've won an AFC championship. Now, John's having a liquid dinner. I love, I love the cheeseburger. Don't get me wrong. But if I'm coaching the Vikings and I win the NFC Championship and get to a Super Bowl, I'm her, I'm going to Murray's or Manny's. I'm getting the biggest steak that you could possibly get. I'm getting a, a, a scrumptious baked potato with all the stuffing, and I'm getting about five to ten beers because I'm taking a limo home. <laughs> I'm not having a cheeseburger. <laughs> and I don't have to stop drinking because I'm taking a limo home because I'm coaching the Vikings and can therefore afford it. So there's no danger. I love a good steak. And actually, I know. A, good, a real good oh. And I, I mentioned this on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh, was it? No, it was last week. My old high school buddy slash college roommate was in town for business and uh, had the company credit card. It works in a very lucrative business. I'm just going to leave it at that. And offered dinner on the company credit card. And I was like, no, it's nothing shady like that. A lot of questions. I just don't want to get him in trouble. Lucrative business? It's a luke. It's, yeah, one of the most lucrative businesses. Laundering money? And he offered. Company credit card, his own personal card? He was like, hey, let's go go grab some dinner on the company card. And I was like. Sounds like good fellas. All right. (laughs) Maybe. And we went to the steakhouse. Yeah, don't try and choose anymore. You might not we, have heard. We went to the steakhouse in my neighborhood. I don't go to many fancy places, guys. I've never had money. And also, even when I do have money, it just seems like a waste of money, some of the exorbitant prices that are on some of these menus. But on my buddy's company's dime, I was more than happy and willing to go to the steakhouse in Uptown. And for the first time in my life, I got one of these super expensive steaks. 
Oh my God! It's Wagyu beef, whatever that is. That's the first time in your life That's you've done f- that. It's the first time I've gone to oh, like a steakhouse no. this nice and got a steak. Yeah, this good. How good is it? Oh my God! I know. I haven't lived like, until yeah. last Tuesday. You, you and your money saving ways hadn't lived, and, and now you have. I still can't go back to that place, not with my own money, but good lord, save up! Holy crap! So that, next time we have a post show show meeting, you're suggesting this steakhouse. Is it on the company? Yeah, let's are, go if it's on the company dime. It was amazing. I don't know what Wagyu beef is. I consider myself... Wagyu beef? Wagyu beef. Not familiar, but I'm sure Jonathan, I've had it. Can you see what Wagyu beef is and what makes it so good? <laughs> Hold on. I'll do it while he's doing that route. Am I safe looking it up? I'll look it up. I got it. What it's the? a Japanese beef cattle breed. I don't know. I like how Jonathan thought it was going to be not safe for work. <laughs> Wagyu beef. It doesn't sound safe oh for work. Oh my goodness, look at all these pictures that came out. <laughs> is that is that are those the cows that are fed beer and massaged? What? I think those are the cows that are fed beer and massaged. Hold on. <laughs> what? What is this lifestyle you talk about? <laughs> I think that's I think that's what Wagyu beef is. I think it comes from cows. I'd like to be a, that have been fed Can, I, be, can I become sauce. a Wagyu cow? <laughs> my first thought. Because if they're massaged and fed beer, that sounds like my diet plan anyway. But I don't get massaged, so... I'm serious. Do some research. I think Wagyu cows are uh, fed oh. beer and massaged. I'm not researching that For good. Should we move on to the next hot route? Yes, let's do that. I don't know if my meal would be a steak, though. I think it might just be a Chicago-style deep dish pizza. I was going to say the I think same thing. That might be my, be I think that might be my... Dish? Yeah, I love deep dish, man. Do you oh, like yeah. deep dish? Oh, man. Give or take. Thin crust for me. It doesn't matter. I just want pizza. Mine would be pizza and beer, and I'd be set. Okay. Final question. The NFL, we talked about it a little bit at the end of the last segment. The NFL announced that it will experiment with an offside kick or an onside kick alternative in the Pro Bowl. The scoring team will have an option to convert to 4th and 15 to keep the ball. So which option should the NFL go with for onside kicks in the future? A, convert 4th and 15. B, the current rule where the kicking team can't get a running start. Or C, the old rule where the kicking team gets a running start. Ah, boy. You know what? I'm going to say... For the sake of safety, which they supposedly are involved or interested in, A, let's try something different. Let's try something different because I I, I don't think that they're going to bring back the running start. The current rule is just so boring, and the odds of getting the onside kick are so distant. Let's try something like, and you know what? If 4th and 15 is too hard or too easy, let's tweak it from there. But I'll go down the path of trying something different. Now, this is what we would do. This is what we would like to see and yep. we would be entertained by, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Are you, are you going to have them take their helmets off and get a running start? Bear massage? <laughs> not, not take their helmets off, no. Okay. But I'm... And I said... Yesterday, Collar and I, we talked a little bit about uh, the McGregor fight, MMA, etc. My fascination with it. I'm like a casual MMA UFC fan. And I don't mind admitting... I'm entertained by violence. I don't I don't mind being the guy who just comes out and says, I am entertained by violence as long as all the participants are willing and able participants who have volunteered to participate in these games that entertain me. I, 
It's not new to the human condition to be entertained by violence. That's why there were gladiators in the Roman days and probably something that was bloodier and gorier than that, that people were watching and being entertained by pre-gladiator days. So I don't mind saying that if it was, if it's just what I'm entertained by, what I would like to see, it's going back to the old rules because kickoffs and kickoff returns me being a Bears fan and watching Devin Hester do it for all those years, it is one of the most exciting plays in all of sports. It's kind of what I say about collisions at home plate, Judd, which is that I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but at the same time, sport is entertainment, and as long as everybody knows the rules, as yeah. that guy is approaching home plate and the catcher yeah, knows the rules yeah. as that guy is approaching him at home plate, I'm with you. entertain me. And I'm it's the same thing with kickoffs. Entertain me. As long as everybody on the kickoff team and the kickoff return team knows the risks involved and are willing to collect that check to That's run fair. that risk, yep. have at it, guys. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I think you're, yeah. Is that wrong of me? Does no. that make me a caveman on some level? No, because in your baseball comparison, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, it's an entertaining play. It's I mean, one of the more Derek, entertaining plays in the sport. Derek hates it. I love seeing I love a catcher try coaching. to block home plate and yeah. getting blown up by the runner. So I understand why they changed these rules. Absolutely. All these rules that we're talking about, I yeah, understand why Buster they changed Posey it. was good and got hurt. Well, Buster Posey was blocking the plate when he didn't have the ball, which even with the rule is not something that you but can do. But if Buster Posey had been Rick Posey, that rule does not get oh, changed. Oh, yeah, right. If he's just some dude. Yeah, absolutely. But that, Buster Posey. That rule is not at all changed. I'm all in on going back to the old rule. I just it's a more exciting play. I'm with you guys. What the heck? The NFL knows. <laughs> Let's bring it back. It's time for the NFL to just stop pretending that they care about safety because we all know they don't. Well, they're worried about lawsuits, which is why they're worried about safety. Right. But if all these players agree to the fact that they're so going to, are, are you going back to kickoffs like they were entirely? Yes. Because it sounds like Rami's doing. Yeah, that. I want all kickoffs so you, returned to the. You way want it all work. back? Yes. Okay. Because it's all just more exciting. Do you want the, the wedges? The, sure. the big man wedges from with the big old lineman who would come out and basically just crunch people. How do we get more kickoff returns for touchdowns? That's what I want because I want right. kickoff returns for touchdowns to happen again because they don't happen. You want the big guy back? Yeah. Block Bring it back. The big wedge and a guy would just be get hit by the wedge and be carted off the field. By the way, by the way, multiple people are telling me that I'm right about Wagyu, that they are cows that are fed beer and massaged. I wasn't kidding. I'm all in. <laughs> How do I have this lifestyle? Yeah, I was going to say, like, what part... You get like, eaten at the end. That's how you have this lifestyle. Yeah, but before you die, you get fed beer and you get massaged all the time. And you're going to die eventually anyway. Because that encourages marbling. Are we all familiar with what marbling is when we're talking about steak I mean, we've or We've got a couple of minutes left. Why don't you explain it to us? Marbling is... <laughs> it's purple daily. Marbling is when the fat is, like, marbled into the actual meat of a steak as you're cooking it, which provides for a juicier... More tasty steak, guys. Higher marbling. Higher marbling is. Uh, you said that multiple people steak. are tweeting this like we didn't believe you. <laughs> Jonathan and I were envious. I want this lifestyle. Yeah, we never like, like didn't. I'm just confirming. We never didn't believe you. I wasn't Ronnie. sure if I was right or not. I'm just confirming that indeed, yes, wagyu cows are fed beer and massage. All right. Jonathan has uh, Purple Daily ever gotten this weird? Can't say it has. <laughs> well done, Rami. Good. Thank well you. Well done. All right. That's it for Hot Routes yeah. with a Z. But how about that Zero Routes, Purple huh? Daily? Uh, real quick, before we get to the break one? here in, in just a few minutes, <laughs> Judd, did you see the tweet that Score North put out last night asking uh, Vikings fans for one bold move the Vikings should make this offseason? Yes. 
People got real bold. And I just wanted to read a few of them and get your thoughts. Um, let's see here. This is from Shane. He says, cut Joseph Griffin Rhodes Rudolph. Use free agent capital to rebuild O and D lines. Trade out of the first to gain draft capital and focus on BPA. No extensions for Cook or Cousins. That's more than one thing. Sorry. No problem, Shane. So what's the goal there to build for 2024, 23? No, I would think that that's for next year, no? If you're rebuilding the offensive and defensive line, I think that's... Yeah, but you've lost... Didn't you just lose a ton of skill position? True. I think I think a lot of people think that you can afford to lose at skill positions if you win in the trenches. Okay. I think that's, that's what he's going for there. Uh, Catholic Football Panda says trade Rudolph. I don't know how much trade value Kyle Rudolph has at this point. That's not going to do much for you. Especially with that contract that they had last year. Uh, Chris says, replace Mike Zimmer with an excellent offensive coordinator, pro or college. I'm not against that, but the ship has kind of sailed on that, right? If you were hoping for the Vikings to move on from Mike Zimmer, we would know that by now. Yep. Um, Yes. One would think that would be accurate. Timothy, and this isn't, I don't think this is bold. He says, go get some more O-linemen and sign Randall Cobb as a third wide receiver who can catch the ball when called on. Yeah, it's not bold at all. Those are just kind I mean, of middle-of-the-road moves. The offensive line stuff makes sense, but that's not bold. 53 Strong says cut Reef, upgrade with Costanzo. That's his uh, first option. Second option, keep Reef, cut Linvale, Rhodes, and Griffin, and sign Brandon Sheriff, one of the uh, offensive linemen who's okay. out on the that's bold. free that's agent market. Uh, Nabrov tweets in, says trade up for Tua to the giant spot with two first-round picks, Stefan Diggs, and a second-round pick. That's very bold. I think it might take you more to get up to, I believe the Giants are at four, one ahead of the Dolphins at five. I think it might take you more than that, but uh, that is definitely bold, and that goes down a path that I find to be very intriguing, which is, to to go back to our our conversation on the afternoon show yesterday, are you ever going to make the move for that quarterback? I pulled up the the value chart when we were talking about possibly trading up for two on Mackie and Judd with Rami, weekdays 4 to 6 here on Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app. And uh, the value chart says that it would take two first-round picks, probably a second, and then something else like a fourth or a fifth-round pick to just sweeten the pot a little bit more to get up to number four and get get to a before the Dolphins do. Because that's the one that I would be... That would take a lot of guts, and it might backfire, but it also might make you great. Yeah. It would be the gutsiest move. But beyond Tua, my question is, are you ever going to make that move? Is that ever going to be for the, the quarterback? for the quarterback? Because if you hit on it like the Chiefs did, you get five years of that quarterback at a salary that's incredibly team-friendly. Tua scares me, man. And then, But that's fine. But then are you ever going to have that plan? Or are you, you know, in 2021, are you going to try and run Kirk back and do the Kirk thing again for three more years? Are you going to cut ties with Kirk after 2020 and move on to another veteran quarterback? What I'm interested in is what's the actual long-term plan here. And and if you if you continue to go down the path of veteran quarterbacks, you're probably if they're halfway decent going to have to pay them, right? But if you can find that young that young QB, you've got a guy who's controlled salary-wise for 4 years really controlled. And the fifth year is not cheap, but it's also not nearly as expensive as a veteran quarterback who's considered to be good. Now, you want a bold move? Do you have one? I have one. Okay. Now, this is crazy. This is not... This is, I wouldn't even term this reckless speculation. This is just a crazy, bold move that I had. And it's kind of combining something I've said before and something that Phil Mackey has said. 
he said they should go and get Tom Brady or that Tom Brady. He, I think he has a write that down prediction that Tom Brady will be the Vikings quarterback in 2020 or 2021, something like that. Okay. You go sign Tom Brady and then strong arm Kirk Cousins into agreeing to a trade. You just say, hey, dude, uh, whether you're in a Vikings uniform or not this year, you're not going to be our quarterback. And whether or not this includes Tom Brady, I think you could do this if you're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins. Just say, hey, man, you're not our quarterback anymore. You're going to ride the bench. And if you want a big contract... What's the accelerated hit of of that trade against the cap, then? I don't know. Because that one could cripple you. I mean, if the other team decides to take on his full contract, isn't that... No, but you still take some type of hit. Is it some... Okay, I don't know. It goes against you, yes. I'm not a capologist. Because if I could force him out, I'd consider it. Now, that's bold. I'd consider it, but it just depends. stupid and bold. But I just want to know what their long-term plan is. Because it feels like this team has reached the point... Well, it doesn't feel like it. They have. They've reached the point of being consistently competitive, for sure, for a long time. They can make the playoffs. But what's the plan to actually get back to a Super Bowl team? And get that quarterback. Yeah, and get that quarterback and have that, you know, are you going to emulate and continue down the path of doing what the 49ers do? Are you going to pivot to do eventually what the Chiefs have done? Are you going to, how are you going? Because the only way I see that you can actually open up a window for an extended period of time where you've got, let's say, two, three, maybe even four shots is if you have that quarterback. And that quarterback's not Kirk. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. I think you find I a way to tank for Trevor Lawrence. If you could year. do well, if you could do that, you're gonna have if, to get the number if you one told pick. Me, if you told me right now, if you came to me and privately said, We got a plan for the Vikings to tank that bad, which which they really can't do because they're probably too good. But let's say that you told me, Rami, that you had that plan, I'd be in. I don't think you can be the worst team in the league next year, but I think what you can do is tank, get the best possible pick you can get, and then cross your fingers and hope that somehow, some way, whoever ends up with that number one pick isn't a team looking for a quarterback currently and are willing to trade it. Because that's the only way you get up to number one I, and get that guy I love the kid. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's the next big thing at quarterback in the NFL. He, to me, and I might be wrong, but right now I, I think he is the surest bet I've seen since Andrew Luck. Jonathan just told me Alex Boone is yelling at him to get on the air, so we will hit a quick break. Tell Judd, Boone to simmer down. Judd exits to TCL Tell Broadcast Boone, Studios. simmer down, or Alex, I'll come in there. You will not. Oh. Alex Boone joins me next. You can tell him to simmer for down. For hour two <laughs> of Purple Daily. He was at the NFC Championship. His thoughts, how it all relates to the Minnesota Vikings, right after this, hour two of Purple Daily, coming right up on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. Three receivers to the left side for Green Bay. Second down and 15. Ball to the 22-yard line of the Packers. Out of the shotgun. Three receivers left. Snap to Rodgers. Lofts the left side into the seam. Intercepted. Intercepted, Intercepted by Emmanuel Mosley. He's upended in the 30-yard line number on the near side. Alan Lazard made the tackle. 
That highlight on the Packers Radio Network. This is Purple Daily, Hour 2 from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. We are streaming live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. Declan Goff, the man behind the camera for that. And joining me for Hour 2 in the TCL Broadcast Studios is former Viking and NFL player Alex Boone. Booney, always a pleasure. How are you this afternoon, my friend? Rami, dude, I'm still on cloud nine. I cannot tell you the most amazing weekend I just had. I mean, that was some football. Bro. Yeah, you were at the NFC Championship in Santa Clara, and I want to get to that in a second, but I've gotten sort of into the habit of every time I work with Alex Boone, if you're okay with it, Alex, I always ask you before I do it, reading your prep emails for the show <laughs> just to really illustrate to people how fired up Alex Boone gets to do radio because nobody gets this fired up to do radio. Are you okay with me reading this on the air, Alex? Yes, yes, yes. So last night in my email, I get an email with the subject, Yo, mother bleeper, get your bleeping mind right. That was the subject of the email from Alex Boone. And then it goes on to say, Rami, let me know what you want to talk about tomorrow. I just got back from the Niner game. And, bro, it was with six S's, bleeping, six G's, incredible. Can't wait for tomorrow, bro. It's going to be bleeping, three fire emojis. K, bro, catch you later. Oh, and bleep collar. Ha, 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 ha. I love I love the passion and I love the energy and I also agree with you about collars. So I'm I'm fired up and ready to go for hour two of Purple Daily Booney. If you're ready to go, I'm ready to go, sir. Dude, let's get this thing going. Okay, what what was so amazing about what you witnessed in Santa Clara in the NFC Championship game and the Vikings or excuse me, the 49ers win over the Packers. Whoops. Dude, I mean, that was just one of the most physical, dominating games. Going in, talking about like an Aaron Rodgers team, like all year and and I feel bad because Matt was kind of right all year. Like Aaron Rodgers is kind of washed, dude. You look at those games where instantly he goes in just feeling the pressure. Wait, say that again. Say that again, just for those who didn't hear it. He's kind of washed, dude. Like he's just not the same Aaron that can get out of place. Like he used to be able to run around and be crazy, but man, that D line had him snatched up in a hurry. And it's just the whole game, nobody had any answers. Well, you run the ball. Let's talk about this for a minute because this is what gets me fired up, all right? Listen. I'm talking about a team that ran the ball last week 47 times. Ran the ball this week 42 times. That should have been the game plan for the Vikings the whole time. If you want to talk about being successful, that was your game plan going into it. And last week we talked about it. About how, listen, whatever team gets away from their game plan first is the one that's going to lose. Because they're going to get away from who they truly are and what they are. This team does not care how they win. Look at their receivers with like zero catches, one catch. George Kittle, one catch. Dude, Dude I'm Jimmy Garoppolo from eight for, passes. And from the, for the last six quarters that they played, so going back to the, the Vikings game in the division championship, after that Kendricks interception, he's thrown the ball 12 times in nearly six quarters of football. Dude, they're not, they're not one of these teams that's like, yeah, we got to impress everybody. Kyle Shanahan's like, you know what, dude? We just got to get the dub to get on the next week, so let's do it however we deem fit. And to me, when you look at this Green Bay team, dude, I know that their people think that their future looks bright, but I'm wondering if it really does. Does it really look as bright as it does? Because that team right there doesn't have a monster running back, right? Like Terry's out there disrespecting him afterwards, like, I called you a monster. Like, dude, that, don't do that. That this dude just ran for a record. Like, this dude just set the tempo for two teams, and you can hear to say something like that. You just saw the game plan on how to destroy the Packers going forward. Like, 
I'm not sure what else anyone needs to see. I was watching George Kittle take Darius Smith for a ride the whole game. A tight end, bro. That's incredible. But how how do you how do you recreate that script? Because not everybody has in the trenches on both sides of the ball what the 49ers have, Booney. That they just they will just move the line of scrimmage whether we're talking about from the offensive side of things or from the defensive side of things. They change the line of scrimmage and do it fast. And that that's exactly how they how they won that football game on Sunday against the Packers. Not talking about their defense because you know what? Their defense is completely like unfair. Like, that's the Madden all Madden team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're watching it and you're like, do you want to play veteran or all Madden? You're like, nah, dude, don't do the all Madden. That's let's stick with veteran. Yeah. Let's just do the veteran. Like, that's cool. But when you're talking about this O line, who on their O line really scares you? Like, these are just guys that came to work that have made themselves names. Joe Staley is the only guy on that offensive line that deserves a ton of respect because he's been doing it for so long. All those other guys, Lincoln Tomlinson, who was cut by Detroit, Ben Garland, who was let go by Atlanta, Mike Person, or, I mean, dude, McGlinchey, yeah, McGlinchey's great, but the guys in the middle, every team has those on their team. Anybody can go out there and do that. It's all about the mindset. It's all about the discipline. It's all about the pre-snap. It's all about making the right decisions. It's all about just fitting in the right spots. It's not hard to do that. And once you start doing that, you start becoming this offensive line that people are like, wow, they came out of nowhere. Because to be honest with you, this team lost Weston Richburg weeks ago. And I was like, man, I don't know if they're really going to be the same old line. Because that was a really important piece for them. That was like their toughness piece. You know, like everybody on the line has a role to play. Some guys, I'm just here to work. Some guys, I'm here to be the face. Some guys, I'm here to show you how to be tough. That was Weston's job. And to be a running team, you have to have a guy out front that's going to lead you through that. When they lost that, I was like, man, I don't know if they're going to continue this running success. But the creativity of Kyle Shanahan, dude, he's not one of these guys that's like, well, I'm just going to randomly hide a guy across just to slow down the linebackers. He's doing hides and caspers at the same time that turn to double reverses. Like The creativity keeps this defense so honest. And there's nothing special about it. They're just playing really good football. So, but when you say he's he's how creative Kyle Shanahan is, what was so creative about what he was doing? Because to the average fan sitting at home, a game plan where you threw the ball eight times and most of what you were doing on offense was just road grading with the journeyman running back who's a special teams guy hanging on to a roster spot a yeah. year or two ago. What was so creative about what Kyle Shanahan was doing on Sunday? I think it's the schematics of it. It's the way that they get these guys to move. They can outmaneuver you through motions and shifts. And then when you least expect it, when you fall asleep, because they're going to keep caspering people, which is when you're run, you're running a play, but all of a sudden you see a receiver run behind everybody the opposite way. We used to call that Casper because it's a ghost motion. Now, you know, Casper the friendly ghost. Gotcha. And, there you go. Thank you. And so they do that a bunch, and they wait until you stop paying attention to it, and then all of a sudden they hit you with the reverse, and then they hit you with the double reverse. Or maybe it's the fact that Kittle seems like he's just hiding after a while, hiding after a while, and then all of a sudden on a boot, he's not going to hit the defensive end. He's going to run right past him, and the defensive end's not going to do anything because he's used to getting hit, so all of a sudden you put him in the bind. It's just the way that he gets these defenses to fall asleep, and then all of a sudden he hits you in the one spot that you were expecting the whole time, but you've kind of been like, well... Maybe they're not going to do that to us. Well, right when you say that, you get hit with a toss or a crack or a, you know, and the way that they can run between the tackles was another thing that I noticed in that game. That's demoralizing to another team because that's where your massive bodies are. That's where most of your guys are between the tackles. And when you can get six yards in there, like a defense is like, listen, if we can't stop the run game, these dudes are just going to continue to put their foot on the gas. They're not going to need to pass the ball. And that's what we need them to do. We need them to stand back there and get Zedarius there. Preston, Kenny Clark, we need these guys to show up. They can't show up if they're just running the ball the whole game because you got George Kittle blocking them on the edge as well. 
So what were they doing? And to bring this home for Vikings fans here on Purple Daily, Alex Boone, along with me, Robbie Makloff on uh, 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app, what were they doing? Because we we heard all week going into the 49ers game in the divisional round how these two teams are mirror images of each other. And yeah. they very much, they, they come from the same coaching School. tree in terms right. of in terms of the the offensive minds in San Francisco and the offensive minds here in Minnesota is it is were they scheming things up differently to do what they did to Green Bay on Sunday or is there a a talent gap and those guys are just able to do some things especially the guys up front that the guys here in Minnesota aren't capable of doing I don't think it has to do with talent. That was my whole point, was that I saw those old lines as similar. The only thing I saw was that one team stuck to what they knew best. At times, they get into trouble. The Niners, yes, they have to punt the ball, or they'll get behind on downs. But they never shake from who they really are. Look at the game the Vikings played. Would they run, Delvin, nine times? Mm-hmm. Are we serious? It should be nine times a quarter, not nine times a game. That's my whole point. When you get away from who you are, you go to your secondary team. You're not that team, guys. I'm sorry. You're this team. That means you have to dogfight it out. That means you've got to slug with them for a while. You've got to be prepared to be down and come back. There's nothing wrong with that. Who goes, hey, remember that team won? Yeah, but they were down in the second. You remember that? Nobody cares what happens at halftime. It happens after the game. That was my whole point. These guys just continue to stick to the game plan. Listen, we're going to wear you down. And... Did anyone really think the Packers were going to be able to stop a running team like that? Like, They're not built for that. They're built to pin their ears back, drop their linebackers back. They don't have these big run stoppers up there, these dudes that want to sit in the middle and sit on a douche block. They don't want, they don't want to do that. So when you're talking about teams, it's like, we got an answer for their run game. What was it? Because nobody saw it, and if you didn't use it, then you should feel pretty stupid right now. And a lot of people, I think, watched that game around here, Booney, and, and thought, man, that's... Were ex- you happy? Watching the game on Sunday? Yeah. Do you, were you happy seeing Green Bay go down? I, I was, but I couldn't express it because uh, my girlfriend is a Packers fan. and uh... That is terrible, dude. <laughs> you let your girlfriend dictate how you express to I was going to say, because, dude, Robbie, aren't you like a Bears fan, too? So you're a Vikings fan. And... I don't know if this is going to change what you're about to say at all, but my girlfriend also a big Alex Boone fan. Like, maybe too big dude. an Alex Boone fan, if I'm being real with you for a second. So I, maybe you want to take it easy on her. But, I, dude, if you heard... The noises in my apartment, or just in general, the noises that come out of this woman who I love when she's watching Packers games, and they and, and Jonathan's looking at me weird, but that's exactly the road I'm going down, Jonathan. I don't hear those noises at any other time. <laughs> okay, whether it's going that's not a good thing, Robbie. Whether it's going good for the Packers or whether it's going poorly for the Packers. Packers games bring something out of her, Booney, that nothing else, and I mean nothing else, brings out of her, and it is terrifying when it's not going well for them. I can't, I can't bring myself to uh, to poke that bear, so to speak. My I didn't friend. realize we were getting this real on Purple Daily today. Did you hear the first hour? Is this any weirder than the first hour? When uh, I was talking was about the first hour. This is a whole new level of weird, Rami. Well, we're describing things I don't care. Alex, about. in the first hour, I was explaining to them what Wagyu beef is. Do you know what Wagyu beef is, my friend? Did you really just ask an offensive? <laughs> If I know what Wagyu beef is. Are you serious? Come on, Rami. Rami. Dude, okay. Well, I was explaining I to I love Wagyu. Thank you. I just had it for the first time last week on, uh, on, like, on, on my buddy's company card. How amazing. Did it melt in your mouth? It just melts, dude. It's, in, like it's you, incredible. You, you, hear, you know they feed that, be- that like beer, and you know what they do? Thank they, you. Oh, 
they overfeed it um, carbs because what happens is those carbs turn to fat. But they actually just came out. I read a book. They yeah. came out and said that's not good for you because it's too much for your body. Your body's not meant to eat that much. Like what, that. the Wagyu it, beef isn't good for no, you? It, it's it's what, the, what those animals ate that now you ingest. It's too much of that for you. I mean, if every Wagyu steak that I eat is shaving like a minute or two off my life. You're okay with that? I can live with that, Booney. Dude, it is the most amazing beef we in all, the world. We only get one spin on this big blue marble. I'm going to enjoy a Wagyu beef steak <laughs> when, <laughs> when my buddies offer you to me. That's just goes to show you. Everybody's trying to ruin everybody's life. Like, you make the most amazing beef, and then they come out with a book like, you can't eat it. It's not good for you. You're like, wait a minute. No. Dude. But getting back to your original question, I was enjoying it, but couldn't really... Uh, vocalize or express the fact that I was enjoying the Packers go down. That's fair. That's and also, fair. if I'm being real, and since we've already gotten weird and gone down this road a little bit, there are <laughs> perks. Your choice. There are perks when things do go well for the Packers. All right, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it's a happier household. What are you doing? It's just a happier household, is what I'm saying. <laughs> The happier household when the Packers. I'm not even going to respond. It might be a rough couple of years coming up, though, Rami. It might be rough for the next couple of years. So Just yes, I, I am able as a as a Bears fan and somebody who covers the Vikings now, and and it's good for us when when things are good for them. Uh, despite that, uh, I couldn't voice how happy I was about it, but I was indeed happy watching the Packers get it handed to them That's on fair. Sunday, Alex. Absolutely. That's- so you think, but you really think. Because Collar and I, we talked about this on Monday, right after the, the championship games were played. Don't, don't let this fool you to think that you can do things the way that the 49ers did it and got to a Super Bowl. And I think Collar expressed it better than, than, than I did, as he often does when it comes to the sport of football, in saying that that style, it can work. Of, of, you know, not, not throwing the ball a whole lot, focusing on the run and, 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 and letting your defense kind of win football games for you. It can work, but the window in which that will work and it will keep you in contention is much shorter than, say, how the Kansas City Chiefs are doing it with an all world quarterback because that guy almost single handedly keeps you in contention. Injury, you know, injuries aside, for for a good decade, if not more, and and Collar said, and I agree with him that when when you do things the way that the Vikings and the Forty ers do, you you get one maybe two real cracks at winning a Super Bowl, and then it 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 gets further and further away. That that ring that you're reaching for slowly gets further and further away. Do you you think that this could translate for the Vikings with the personnel that they have now? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's two things that if it really rests on number one is your defense, and I say that because a lot of times when you see these run teams, they don't. There are games where they don't put up a lot of points, and so you have to have a defense that eventually stands behind you. But the problem is with this: this team isn't just a run only team. There's been times where Jimmy's had to stand back there and throw it 350 yards. Look at the Saints game. He did it right there. Like This isn't just what they're good at. This is just the first thing they're good at. And they're like, hey, listen. if like I made this example on, on Monday after the game. I was doing one of their morning shows up there, and I was talking to him, and I was like, this is the analogy I have. I'm not sure if Kyle is truly an offensive-minded guy, because to me, he calls games like he's a defensive genius. Because he's like, listen, I want to make as few mistakes as possible. How do you do that? By handing off the ball. And if I can do that and win this game, I don't need to impress anybody outside of this sideline. And I won't. Believe me, he has shown that. I'm not here to impress any of you. I'm here to get my team a ring, 
number one, and number two, to probably make your defense look silly. But he calls games like Pete Carroll does, doesn't he? He calls games like Mike Zimmer does. Like Him and Zimmer probably would have been the greatest two paired together because Zim would have never had to come in and be like, run the ball. He'd have been like, Mike, we can't run it enough. I'm trying as hard as I can to run it. They were, they were telling me that this is like the third least amount of attempts by a quarterback in postseason history. Eight. Like the most was like six. And I was like, and that was back with the Dolphins when they had Larry Zonka. Of course they're only going to have six attempts. Like, who isn't just going to hand the ball to Larry Zonka the whole game? So you talk about a guy that's like, man, I'm here to just win the game. And, and if I can do it with my running back scoring four touchdowns, well, dude, now we look really good. But if we had to do it before with just scoring two, that would have been fine as well. And in comparing those two teams, while watching the division championship, and I think it was Troy Aikman who, who made this point, he wasn't comparing them to the Vikings, but that's that's where my mind went as soon as he said this. He said that the way John Lynch has assembled that football team is he's invested a lot of their resources and capital, whether that's draft picks or cap money that they had to go out and get a Richard Sherman type of player. He said that they put a lot of their resources on the defensive side of the ball and then told Kyle Shanahan to create offense with guys who aren't as highly paid, who aren't as high of draft picks, but just through scheming it up and X's and O's, Kyle Shanahan will create enough offense for them to win football games. And here in Minnesota, you have the opposite, as you pointed out. Mike Zimmer is the defensive mind, and yet they seem to put a lot of their resources or more resources, if comparing to what they're doing in San Francisco, on the defensive side of the ball instead of putting it on the offensive side and saying, Mike, go create defense. With whatever it is that we give you, you have to go and mold this into a good defense. I think that, that uh, that's true, but I think it's a little, it's like kind of apples to oranges because when you talk about like a good D line versus a good O line, there's different pieces and parts you need. Like sometimes to be a good D lineman, you do need a star. You need stars in certain positions. On an O line, you could really just find five guys and be like, who's the most hungry? Like, look at the Bills. I know I'm not saying that they're the best team in the world, but they have guys on their O-line that you've never even heard of. You'd be like, who? When they just went out and got 20 guys, 20 random dudes, and they were like, dude, listen, we're going to let you guys fight it out for nine spots, and whoever comes out the grittiest at the end is going to get the job. That is exactly what you need to do. You don't need to invest a ton of money into the O-line. You just need to go out and find five crazy dudes. But when you talk about a D-line, at times you do need to go out and get superstars because you need guys that can hold gaps and that are super disciplined and scare offensive lines into going, well, we're going to have to double this guy the whole game because he's incredible. Like, if I don't have to double a defensive lineman, dude, that has just made some of the game so much easier. Like, there's constantly, you're looking for the one-on-one matchups. That's what football is. Right. All, all these little one-on-one matchups. If you continue to make these one-on-ones, and as an offensive line, you're making this easy for me, like, well, we're going to lock you up with this guy all day. Like, I'm like, oh, all right. Like, I remember one time we played Adrian Claiborne, and he's... Adrian's a great guy, and I think he's a hell of a player. There's no question about it. But he doesn't scare the lights out of me. Like He's not one of these guys that I'm like, yo, you need to slide to me right now. This is like, a, okay, I got it. I can be a big boy for a day. Well, the whole day they wanted to slide to him. And it bothered me because he played on the left side. And I was like, listen, man, I don't, I don't need your help. I'm good. And it, it wasn't about anything other than like, hey, listen, it's just the way it's going to go this week. And sometimes you don't have that choice. But if you have a game where you go in and we're like, hey, listen, we're going to 5-0. And everyone's like, that's fine, dude. That's great. Dude, you have just made our life easy. So you need stars on the defensive line at times just to show up and scare us a little bit. But when you talk about this, this what Kyle's done on offense, a lot of what he's done is because he film studies defenses and goes, listen, 
This is how you get them out of position. We're going to motion him here. We're going to shift him out of the backfield. Look at what he did against the Vikings. Hey, listen, at times I don't like this. Look, I'm going to shift my fullback out. Okay, now we know we're man. Well, let me shift my tail back out then. Look at this huge void I've just created for myself in the middle. Like At times, he gets you to do things you don't want to do. And you're, you just do it because that's what defense that you call. Or he knows what you're going to do. He's predicted, listen, I know they're going to be in mad on third and six plus. So this is how we're going to get them to open up this huge window in the middle. We're going to get a quick slant. And I don't need it to be super fancy for 80 yards. I just need the first down. And once we do that, we'll come back to what we do best, right? And, and then you talk about guys like Debo Samuel that can run a slant and truck stick a safety. And you're like, dude, if you, nobody can stop the guy after he catches it, well, then all of a sudden we have explosive plays. Like, then it's, this is a team with confidence. And this is a team that grows. And a lot of it looks like it's fun because it's constantly messing with the defense, getting guys to shift and talk and react and slow down, which helps the offense because if you're off just a tick, well, then you're right in my wheelhouse. You're right where I need you to be, off a tick. Before we uh, move on from these conference championship games, I know you, you were in Santa Clara for the NFC championship. Did you get a chance to watch the AFC championship at all? You know what? I watched a little bit of it. I didn't. I was I was messing around on the field before, but uh, from what I saw, I mean, dude, Patrick Mahomes. That's what I was that, just going to ask you. How ridiculous dude. is Patrick oh Mahomes? Oh, my God. This That's dude. the only question I have is just how ridiculous is <laughs> that know, guy? I said this to a couple of the guys. I was talking to some of the players after the game, and I was like, man, I'm so excited for you guys, like so happy for you. I was talking to Staley, and just, just to get to congratulate these guys on the success that they had. But I was talking to them, I was like, man, y'all really did just kick that team in the face. Like That was incredible. I hope and I really pray that they understand that this is a different team because I feel like this team has kind of just had to walk through the playoffs a little bit. They haven't really had to run. They haven't really had to get into a mode where they're like, we need to be prepared. Like They've just kind of always been like, whatever, dude, next, next step. We'll just take the next step. We'll just keep going, and we'll just keep adding these points on slowly, and next thing you know, we win the game. It's like they haven't really been tested that much, and now you're going to go play a team that really knows how to make you hurt. Like. Not only is their team incredibly talented, but Andy Reid is probably the most hungry coach for a ring in the NFL today. I mean, think about how long that guy's been coaching. He still doesn't mm-hmm. have one as a head coach. Like, all the Eagles teams that he coached, all the, the Kansas City teams that he's coached, like, he's like, dude, we've been so close so many times. Like, this is my time, and now I have the most amazing squad to do this. Look at the speed that he has on this offense. Like, he can, he really. And he knows how to dial it up, but then you talk about what Patrick Mahomes can do just on his own. Like, mm-hmm. my God, that is the most. Like, when he was going to run out of bounds, and he just starts running up, feel like, nah, dude, I'm just going to make him all hurt. Like, that is. I think, that, Alex, I think that that's, that's probably the most overlooked ability of a yes. quarterback is what Patrick Mahomes can do, which is improvisation. And when, when everything breaks down, being able to make things happen on his own, I, that's, that's what I thought made Brett Favre so great and why I think he deserves to be higher on most people's, you know, goat lists when we talk about the greatest quarterback of all time. Brett Favre is, and this change, my list, I don't know about you, my list changes day to day based on my mood or whatever the case oh, yeah. might be. For sure but changes. Brett, Brett Favre is, in, is consistently in my top three quarterbacks of my lifetime for that ability alone of what he can do just just on the fly when everything else breaks down. And I said this, I wanted your thoughts on this comparison. He, to me, is like Brett Favre, but with Peyton Manning's mind and decision-making abilities, which I don't know how you stop that. 
I totally agree. And the arm of just the most, I mean, whose arm was just absolutely incredible. Brett Favre had a pretty good one. Yeah, I was going to say Favre's was amazing. So his ability to throw it like bread and run. I mean, as an offensive lineman, people always ask you, like, hey, listen, does it bother you that he's running around back there? Not really, because when they're on, man, they are on. Like, it could make you really hurt. And that, for a defense, is scary enough. Like, you got to be like, okay, listen, not only do we have to rush the passer, but we have to do it in such a manner that he doesn't get out of the pocket. Because if he gets out, well, then he's even more dangerous because then he's opening up windows naturally because receivers can get open as long as they have more time. You know, the defense eventually will break down somewhere. Dude, and then you watch it. I mean, it was just on TV, him running up the sidelines. Like, he's just like, hey, listen, I'm going to go make a play. You know how many quarterbacks would have ran out of bounds there? Yep. Or even with the ability to get those extra yards because they're like, hey, I'm going to save it for another play. He's one of these guys that he's like, man, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm sorry. And as a player, you love that. Sometimes you worry because you're like, dude, you could take a hit, man. And I, I don't want you to get hurt. And I get that I love you. Like we used to do that with Cap. Like, dude, I love that you run. Please, Clyde, take care of yourself. Please. Like, because you, you, dude, on the field, those hits look way worse than on TV. Like, you're like, dude, are you okay? Oh my god, is he okay? Like pushing guys off of him. Like, get off my quarterback, dude. You're super emotional about it. It's intense. It looked like those guys kind of took it easy on Patrick Mahomes on that particular touchdown run that you're talking about, though. It's different. And I, I saw the next morning Marcus Spears talking about it on uh, on Get Up with Mike Greenberg, and he said like and. And I forget who the other player was on the panel with them, but kind of giving those guys a hard time for not taking the shot at Patrick Mahomes when you had it there. And Marcus Spears said, man, this is a product of, of what this league has become. Guys are terrified of hitting quarterbacks, even, yeah. even when they're out there in the open and technically are just another ball carrier. Guys don't want to unload on a quarterback, and especially when that quarterback is the golden child and, and, and the next big thing in this league. They, they fear those repercussions. Absolutely. And how dare somebody come down on somebody like that? Especially when we've seen all the flags that have cost people games. I mean, look at Clay Matthews. His tackle still cost him that game. Back in, that was the last year when they played the Vikings. I mean, dude, you talk about guys that have been like forever tarnished because it's like, dude, not, we can't even touch the quarterback anymore. And you're right. The, pro, the prodigal son of the NFL, dude, could you imagine if like somebody hit him in the head or something? Like it would be over. Yeah. If somebody just blew him up oh in the AFC God. championship dude, and took him I, out of the Super Bowl. I remember when we were playing in the Super Bowl, it was like just came, kind of came on with the running quarterbacks, and it was like, listen, these guys are runners. They're deemed as runners. They can get hit any which way they want. And, like, they were going after Cap hard, and we were like, dude, is no one going to throw a flag? <laughs> is nobody really? I mean, dude, they were taking shots, and it was like nobody's really going to throw a flag right now. And they were like, he's a runner. He is technically a runner right now. He should be able to do this. And then all of a sudden, like, Two years later, they really started enforcing it. And I remember we were playing Chicago, true story. Blaine Gabbert ran 60 yards down the middle of the field because everybody was afraid to touch him. Like, nobody, everybody thought he was going to slide. He ran right Now that's when it's gone safeties. too far. When Blaine Gabbert Dude, can do that, things have gone was, too far. I was dying. Like He faked like he was going to slide, and these two guys stopped, and then he just took off. And I was like... But that's the product of the league. And even the defense was like, man, that's so not fair. Like, he, he, we would have crushed that dude had we not been afraid of getting a flag. And I agree with them. At some point, you have to pull back the reins and be like, listen, man, this is a barbaric sport. You're either all in or you're all out. I'm I, sorry. I think it was, come to think of it, Bart Scott, the guy who was saying that they, they should have taken their shot at Mahomes when they had it there. And I think he even said that they had a kitty amongst them, amongst the linebackers 
for fines just like that. that oh, when you take a shot at a quarterback that maybe the league takes issue with, but you all know that it had to be done, oh, that yeah. they had a kitty for that that would uh, that would pay that fine for the player. <laughs> the kitties, those are the best. <laughs> That's Alex Boone, former Vikings offensive lineman. I'm Robbie Makloff. Right after this, going to talk about one offseason decision that the Vikings... I don't know if they made or had made for them, but I think they might regret it. And I'm wondering if Boone does, too. Right after this, it's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Jonathan here with the Score North download. You can join Team Mackey and Score North at this year's Big Climb Minneapolis on Saturday, February 15th at the Capella Tower as we raise money to fight blood cancer. Donate to our team or join Team Mackey for just $20 when you use the promo code Mackey when you register to climb. For more information, visit scorenorth.com keyword climb. If you missed it earlier today on Score North Live, Darren Doogie Wolfson had pro tennis player Marty Fish on. Marty Fish is a friend of Josh Donaldson, the new Twins third baseman. And he talked about how Josh Donaldson went about that free agent period and his thoughts on basically the signing of Josh Donaldson. Um, but it was really interesting and really kind of fun um, as a fan and then fun as a friend to see a friend obviously finally get that big, big contract that he that he wanted. And then as a fan to sort of see how it works in the ins and outs of, you know, co- contracts and speaking of uh, other teams and where they were and stuff. I don't want to break his trust, but but um, the Twins were, were uh, far ahead um, uh, ahead of any any other team for sure. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. On 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Rami Makloff in for the vacationing Matthew Collar. He's out through Friday. We'll be back for Super Bowl week alongside, for this hour of the show, former Vikings offensive lineman Alex Boone. And, uh, Boone, you and I, uh, I think we were the first to sort of throw the idea out there of maybe you let Mike Zimmer walk after this season and promote Kevin Stefanski to offensive coordinator. When this offense was really, really clicking, I remember filling in for a collar on this very show and throwing that idea out there to you and you saying that it, it's actually not, not a terrible idea. Am I remembering this correctly? Fair. That's very fair. I remember this day, yes. Well, now, today, I sit here, Boone, and I feel like they may regret not making that decision. And I talked a couple days ago about how I was sold on Patrick Mahomes by the John Gruden QB camp thing. And I I said to myself, I was like, look, dude, that's meant to sell Patrick Mahomes. You shouldn't be falling for this. You shouldn't be buying into this because of a fluff piece by John Gruden. But... I'm going to go with it, and I said going into that year's draft that Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback on the board that year, and I I turned out to be right. And I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but rather to point out how ridiculous my it where that was coming from. Like I I went on a John Gruden QB camp to say Patrick Mahomes was going to be a great quarterback. Well, something similar happened to me this week in reading a piece that uh, Courtney Cronin put up. And you can hear her with Matthew Collar frequently on this very show talking about Kevin Stefanski and the type of head coach that the Cleveland Browns are getting. And I read this thing, Booney, and walked away thinking they're going to regret not making that guy their head coach. Do you think that's that's a possibility? I do. And I say that because I know Kev and I know how into the players he is. And I know that he's not a very like rah, rah, need to yell at you, get in your face kind of guy. Those are the coaches that you love the most because number one, you know, he has enough respect for you not to just destroy you in front of everybody. You know, there are times in the league where you're like, listen, man, 
I'm going to need you guys to hold me up after this meeting, okay? Because I'm going to get it. It's going to hurt, but it's going to happen, you know? And then there's times where the coach will come in and he'll just, like, nicely be like, yo, man, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Then we talk about this. Then we go over this. And you're like, you know what? That's the kind of guy that Kevin is. He's the kind of guy that's like, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. And you're like, God, don't say that to me, Kevin. Like, I, I don't want you to say that. And you talk about a guy that's had his job here for so long, the continuity, the players knew him, the players liked him. Like, my biggest thing was, Kirk now this year from last year, the steps that he's taken, and I feel like he's almost gotten better in this offense. He's more adaptable to it. He's more like in control of it. He's more like, hey, listen, I love it. Imagine what it would have been in another year. That's what my biggest thing was, was finally here's Kirk. He's playing really, really well, and he has a guy that's behind him that he really likes, and all of a sudden it's like, well, he's going to have to leave. Does he really have to leave, though? Can he stay? This offense is finally taking over. This offense is finally falling into place. It's becoming the offense that you wanted it to be. And I think we even asked Terrence, like, dude, when you look at this team, do you see it more as an offensive or defensive team? And he was like, dude, that's a great question. I see it as an extremely competitive team now. And when you got competitive, because Stefanski became the OC. And because his play calling was, yeah, at times, like, really bullheaded and like, listen, we're going to run it down their throats. I think in order for him to be successful in Cleveland, and I worry now because Wade Phillips is not a candidate, He's going to need a tough DC. And I think he's going to need a guy that would have said no to him more and pushed him more and driven him to be extremely successful. And I think he could have had that here with certain defensive coaches on the other side that would have been like, listen, we know what we're doing. All right, we're in this. We've been in this. We know these guys. We know what they can do. You focus on the offense instead of having somebody looking over him all the time. You know, sometimes the greatest thing that can happen to an OC is when they. When they just let him loose, man. When do, you they think, just... do you think, maybe I'm misinterpreting or misreading what you're saying, he needs a bad cop to his good cop? If he's yeah. going to be the nicer, good, right. more soft-spoken guy, he needs the guy who's going who's gonna to punch a hole into a, into a wall or put a dent in a locker when, when, when that's necessary in that locker room. Absolutely. And not only that, but just the guy that's going to fire you up. That's not just going to always say yes to you, give you the yes answer. Oh, yes, Kevin, you're in the right place. Like, nah, dude, you're not. What are we doing? Rethink that. We need to move. Let's go. You know, sometimes a coach that has here so many yeses around him, I feel like those are the ones that just eventually run into these complacent offenses. And you want somebody that's going to drill you on the other side. It's going to push you. I used to love best on best in San Fran. I used to love best on best here with Norv versus Zim. Because it was one offensive mastermind versus a defensive mastermind. And it was mm-hmm. like, you know what? We're going to go at it. And I remember like there were fights being picked by the coaches. Like, you think you got the defense today? I'm, we're going to see. We're going to see if you know what you're doing because I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. Like, they challenged each other. When you have a defensive guy, it's like, yeah, man, you got it. That's sometimes not what you want. You want that pushback. You want that, no, you're wrong. This is what we need to do. Or you need to think about this again. Maybe we're not steering ourselves in the right direction. I think when you have too many yes-men around you, that can be a dangerous thing. He would have had that here naturally. Look at this defense. They've been together for so long. You only need to keep a couple guys around to keep that defense going in the direction that they're going naturally. You know what I'm saying? And then you you have the ability to bring in a huge name because you'd be like, listen, you want to come coach one of the greatest defenses in the NFL? Like, it's not hard to be like, oh, I don't know, guys. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I have the ability. They have the talent. We should do this. Like, that's – to me, it just sounded great because of all those things I said, but what the steps Kirk could have taken had he stayed longer. I want to read some of some of the quotes in this thing and some of the things that made me really believe in Kevin Stefanski and, and that he, he he's, he's, he's prepped and ready to be an NFL head coach. And – 
When you get to the NFL and guys are being considered for head coaching jobs or even coordinator jobs, they all know X's and O's. What you're trying to find out in that interview process and what you want in a guy is a certain leadership style. And you talked about the fact that he's not the most vocal rah-rah guy. There was a quote from Gary Kubiak who says, when you work with Kevin, you want to work hard for him. You want to help him be successful because he's such a good person. He's very honest, but he can be very thorough and very stern. He gets the most out of people. It's been proven with his players and how quickly he was able to do that with a lot of things going on offensively this year. I know me personally, and I'm not an NFL player. I'm not on any field of play athletically, Boone, but I think leadership is something that we can talk about that goes across various professions. Myself, I want a more cerebral leader who's just going to explain to me what it is they want, what exactly they expect of me, and are going to get me as prepared as possible to deliver that thing that they expect of me. I don't need the rah-rah guy. I don't need the guy screaming what? in my face or insulting me. I mean, I like it when it comes from a teammate, and that's why I love your emails, and I read them to start the show <laughs> every time we work together. But as far as a coach or a leader, I want somebody who's level-headed, somebody who's cerebral, somebody who I can I can trust and believe that they have a plan and a plan that works. When when you're just a crazy person walking around <laughs> screaming at people no. and insulting them. That doesn't really instill a lot of confidence in me or for me about you as a leader. No, listen, to be a leader, number one, you have to be knowledgeable. So I'm assuming that even if you are a rah-rah guy, you're extremely knowledgeable. Like, if you're just a rah-rah guy that's crazy, yeah, dude, you might as well just be like the D-line coach. Like, dude, we don't need all that right now. We just need you to be cool. But when you're the head guy, I assume that you have a ton of intelligence. But I like coaches that, number one, aren't afraid to push you. Like, like uh, right. Kubiak said, listen, he's going to push you. You some guys, and this is the one trait that nobody ever understands. We're all different. Like, you just said it. I don't like a rah-rah guy. I like a guy at times that's going to kick me in the face several times to remind me that I am still human. Because at times on this journey, we're all going to think that we're better than what we are. And I love the coaches that would reel you in. And sometimes they had to do it publicly. Sometimes they had to do it privately. Sometimes they just had to do it in a room with a bunch of guys to let you know that you are just another guy to them. And that is great. But at times, you're going to need that rah-rah. And for me, that's why I say that to Kevin. Like, you're going to need a guy that kind of counterbalances you a little bit to be like, yo, dudes, we're going right now. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Kev said it's throw time. He said it's time to go. Like, dude, that you need the, the yin and the yang. And that's what's so fun. You know, I think about, like, like you think about the uh, – the North Turner and the Mike Zimmer. Those guys were yin and yang. They were great together. I was really sad that it didn't work out between those two because I thought they were yin and yang. The Jim Harbaugh and the Vic Fangio. Extreme yings and yangs. Like the exact opposites of each other. But when you put them together, you got a collective team. Like it was like some guys picked from Vic and some guys picked from Jim. Some guys picked from Zim. Some guys picked from Norb. It's who do you, li- who are you listening to in the moment, you know? And sometimes you want a rah-rah guy. And I agree with you. You don't always want a guy that's going to stand up there and yell because you're like, dude, this is just pointless. At what time do you just need me to go home because I can't listen to this anymore? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if yes. you're not going to be constructive today, just go yell at the wall because I can go home and my wife will yell at me like this. I don't need this right now. The other – you- no, sorry, right. go ahead, Booney. After you. Now, the other thing that I, I like in a leader and, and would look for in a head coach, if I were hiring one, is a guy who's going to surround himself with people that he trusts 
and then and then let them do their jobs. There was a quote he said in his introductory news conference that that jumped off the page to me. He says to use basketball terms so that my dad can understand this. I want to be the point guard for this organization. I want to bring the ball up, but then I want to share the basketball with someone else to get an easy bucket. I feel like a lot of NFL head coaches they and I, I think Mike Zimmer does this to an extent in in. In the terms that he seems to always set for his offense and the way that he wants an offense to play, instead of hiring an offensive mind and just handing it off to that guy and letting him do this thing, and I understand that a head coach has to be involved in that. He has to know what the offensive game plan is because that will change the way that you play defense. But I, I feel like sometimes some of these guys, they, they get power hungry or it's just their nature that they want to rule with an iron fist and sort of have a stranglehold on everything, even though there are probably people around you. Yes, you're an NFL head coach, but there are probably people around you who, when it comes to certain facets of the game and certain aspects, or it's something that you might just be looking at for one particular game and one game plan, where it's probably better off to say, hey, you know what? Let me hand it off to this guy and and let him run the show so that we're as prepared as we can possibly be. I think I like the selflessness of Kevin Stefanski saying, I want to be the point guard. I want to just walk this thing up the court and then hand it off to somebody else who can probably do a better job of getting it in the hoop than I can. Right, who might not be as as biased as I am either. You know, as right. a head coach, like at times you're going to be biased towards certain players. Like sometimes I need somebody to pull me away. That's why I say you can't always have yes men around you. Like it's the old adage, you never want to be the smartest guy in the room. You want to be the guy that's always learning from the guys around you. And I think that you look at the best head coaches, and I was just going through it in my mind as you were saying this. Like think of all the really great teams right now, right? Like you have the Patriots, Belichick and McDaniels. You think Belichick's like, hey, Josh, why don't you run uh, 362 Dragon? He's probably like, whoa, 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 whoa. I got this. I don't tell you how to run your defense. Yeah, I got this. Look at Shanahan and Salah. I don't think they're over there running each other's offenses and defenses, telling each other what to do. You know, you look at these great coaches. It's the ones that can focus on what they're doing and let the other guy go and say, listen, man, use your creativity. I trust in you explicitly. Like, I know what's going to happen. I need to give you the total faith card because that's when guys start to hit their confidence stride. And that's when guys aren't afraid to call a real offense. And at times, you're going to be down. That's another thing. You can see these coaches at times, and there's coaches all over this league that show it all over their face. When their team gets down, they get this worrisome look on their face and it's like dude you all got to know that this is a football game and you're going to get punched a couple times you're not just going to walk out clean you got to be able to respond and not show it so much on your face because your team then sees it and is like oh boy like if this guy's freaking out should i be freaking out like he's the head man he looks really upset we're only down seven should we be panicked should we be nervous you know and you talk about these guys and they just let each other do what they do best. And then they meet in the middle to say, hey, listen, what do you think? Some of the best coaches that were ever around, they, I always heard them asking the guys around them, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? You know, Tony here with Sperano, when he was here, always loved to pick the minds of everybody. And to me, that was so important because to Tony, he wanted everybody involved. He wanted everybody to be a part of it. He wanted everybody to have their fingerprint on it, sure that he was like, yo, we all did this together. And at times it failed, but he was like, you know what? That's on me. I gave the final say-so. You guys had an opinion, and I approved it. It's my fault. Like He was one of the best leaders I was around because he accepted everybody's opinion. And at times he was crazy about it. Like, he was like, dude. 
We're going to be able to really do this? This is great. Awesome. Like He loved that kind of stuff. You look at these coaches in this league when there's nobody over them. There's nobody standing over them like, you need to do this. They have become some of the greatest masterminds of their all, all these young coaches that are coming up now. They're just like, man, these guys are coming in in waves now. Like, everybody wants the next hottest Sean McVay or Matt LaFleur. They just want to see these guys coming up now. And you see these old coaches that are kind of falling by the wayside because there's a new regime coming in. Because they're like, hey, listen, I do offense, you do defense. Look at Green Bay, Matt LaFleur and Mike Pettin. Mm-hmm. I do the offense, you do the defense. In the end, we'll come together and we'll talk about a good game plan, but please... I'll do this. I won't mess with your defense. And at times you're like, hey, you're going to butt heads and you're not going to agree, but that's okay because we're all learning together. We're all growing together, and we have these growing pains the first couple years, and then we really hit our stride, which is super fun to watch. I know this is a uh, a very fragile, frail limb that I'm stepping out on, Booney. I think it's going to work in Cleveland for Kevin Stefanski. I think that's going to be a winning football organization with him leading things. I think they do. They definitely have the talent to do it. Now, I think that I will say this. I don't like OBJ there, and I don't like him for this simple reason. You got a new coach, and now you're forcing his hand early. Like, you just got Kevin in the building, and you go off and do this willy-nilly stuff. Like, you're forcing your brand-new coach into a tough spot that he shouldn't have to be in because you wanted to go to a championship game. Like, things like that need to be addressed. This is the reason Cleveland is so dysfunctional. Because your players go down to the national championship, hand out a ton of cash, smack a dude on the ass, like, cause a big scene, it's all about me, me, me. Like, dude, no. We're trying to get away from this in Cleveland. We just brought this great coach in, Kevin Stefanski. He's going to teach us how to work. He's going to teach us how to be a run-first team, a tough team, a physical team. We're still trying to find coaches. And you're over here like, hey, guys, look at me. Like That, to me, is a bad situation for Kevin to already be in. Like, How do you address that day one? Like, oh. Thanks, dude. Like, now I got to start out the disciplinary rules. Like, how are we going to discipline this? Because the team's watching you now. Your number one player just went out and did something. And it doesn't even matter that it wasn't that bad. It was the fact that he just went out and did something, and people are going to be like, what's Kevin going to do now? Like, everyone's watching Kevin. Yeah, you just don't need that. And I don't. That's my whole point. I'm not a guy who, who really comes down on players for stupid stuff like that. Like, at the end of the day, they're just dudes. They're just people who, who. they make bad decisions like the rest of us. And if you're not really harming anybody or doing anything well, terrible, I try to let it slide. But if I'm a new head coach in the NFL, I just don't need, I don't, I don't need that added hurdle to clear on our way of trying to do whatever it is we're trying to do. Make no mistake. I don't care that he smacks some dude on the ass. That doesn't bother me. Like, dude, you're in a locker room after a win. You should be able to just go with the flow. And if you can't, get the hell out of the locker room. What are you doing in there? It's the handing out the money to the kids thing. Like, you know you can't do that. You know those kids can't take that money. And now all of a sudden you put the school in a really bad position. Because they're like, dude, we really love you a lot, OBJ, but you could jeopardize these kids' future. You could have gotten these kids kicked out of school. You could have gotten them kicked. Like, the, the NCAA could come down and be like, these kids took a bunch of money and they weren't allowed to. Like, dude, we, we can't just have kids doing this. Real quick before we wrap up the show, Booney, I wanted your thoughts on, on what we opened the show talking about, and that was Xavier Rhodes was uh, named to the Pro Bowl today as, a, as an alternate with some of the guys who decided to skip it because of injuries or they're playing in the Super Bowl, whatever the case might be. And my first reaction was, how in the hell does Xavier Rhodes make the Pro Bowl? <laughs> and why does anybody watch this thing anymore? Like, I got myself worked up the same way most people who care about football, especially the Vikings, and read that news, reacted. And then I came full circle around, well, I guess 180, not full circle around, to eventually just saying, why do I care? 
And why does, that, why does anybody else why do care? I care? Like, good for Xavier Rhodes. And, and if you're entertained by the Pro Bowl, by all means, spend three hours of your Sunday this Sunday watching it. I don't think he should be there. I don't watch the Pro Bowl. It's garbage football. But at the end of the day, it doesn't affect my life at all. And I don't know why I ever cared. I don't know why anybody else ever cared. What's the player perspective on the Pro Bowl and when you see stuff like this? I mean, you just kind of got to laugh. You're just kind of like, all right. <laughs> All right, a bunch of guys must have dropped out. I mean, it's. Uh, I think, like I was telling him before, like you always get mad because you're like, dude, if I go, you're guaranteed to get paid. Like this is great. I'm gonna go on a vacation. My kids are gonna come down. The practices are walkthroughs. There's gonna be a ton of fans there, so it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be super energetic. Gonna be a lot of cool people there. You're gonna see some of the greatest players in the NFL. You get to go with your family, and they're gonna give you a bunch of money to play in one quarter. Like this is great, but. I mean, you talk about Xavier Rhodes getting. I think a lot of people are like, "Wait, what, <laughs> dude? No way!" It's the, it's the fans voting, dude. It's funny. What's the reaction of a teammate of a guy like? Were you ever in a locker room where a guy who clearly was not one of the best at his position made it to the Pro Bowl? Do guys rib him about that? That he made it? Do they give oh, him a hard no. time? No, not at all. I mean, dude, you you got there somehow. Congrats! I think it's great. That is Alex Boone. Booney, I'll be back with you on Thursday. You're in. It's the two of us for the entire two hours. You ready to dude. go for that? game on bro you're not ready <laughs> it changes for the two-hour show <laughs> can't wait man i will talk to you then booty i'm gonna stick around mackie and judd with rami coming up next here on score north on 1500 scorenorth.com and the score north mobile app if you love to travel you love cool experiences i think you're gonna love viator if you haven't heard viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace they've got everything from simple tours to extreme adventures all the cool and interesting stuff in between as well well this year my wife and kids are making one of my bucket list trips come true we're going to sun valley so we're gonna fly to sun valley and i tell you the thought of bringing skis poles boots snowboards everything overwhelming but that's where viator came in they made this incredibly easy I just opened the Viator app, searched Sun Valley, and boom, Viator arranges a first-class experience, custom ski, snowboard, and boot fittings and tickets delivered right to the condo. It's pretty amazing. Experiences are what we love most about travel. They create these long-lasting moments and make memories that will last a lifetime. Just download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.